Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. In our previous episode, we revisited the nature and role of commitment in deeply connected relationships, and we then focused on the benefits and costs of uncommitted relationships. In this episode, we'll drop the other shoe and look at the benefits and costs of committed relationships. Taken together, this and the previous episode will give us what we need in order to make more informed choices in each of our significant relationships. As in the previous episode, I'd like to start by noting that the observations and conclusions that I share here are my own, and are based on my personal experiences as well as on observations of others' relationships. Others undoubtedly hold different views and reach different conclusions. There's certainly room for divergence in how each of us understands the complex world of human relationships. As we concluded in the prior episode, commitment entails making a decision about our future actions and choices, and then holding ourselves responsible to abide by that decision. We noted that commitment entails our making a conscious decision to dedicate time, resources, and allegiance to a particular partner. We also saw that uncommitted relationships come with specific benefits and costs. Life is full of trade-offs, and our relationship choices are no exception. Let's now turn our attention to the benefits and costs of choosing to be in a committed relationship. To allow us to compare the benefits and costs of uncommitted and committed relationships, we'll consider the same facets of relationship that we used in looking at uncommitted relationships. That is, responsibilities to one's partners, relationship investments, and access to intimacy. As the term commitment connotes, Making a commitment to someone entails assuming some responsibilities toward them. In deciding to commit to a relationship, we consciously and willingly agree to limit our personal freedom to some extent in order to be present with and supportive of our partner. While making such a decision may seem personally disadvantageous, it isn't an act of blind self-sacrifice. It's a choice to give something up in order to attain other benefits that are presumably deemed more important than what is lost. This is true even in the case of acting out of selfless love, since in such cases a partner is deemed so worthy of love and support that they warrant personal sacrifice. Because assuming responsibilities results in taking on personal constraints, we can consider this aspect of being in a committed relationship to be a cost of such a relationship. There are a number of ways in which those responsibilities may play out, including the following. First, being in a committed relationship involves the intertwining of two people's lives to at least some extent. Note that commitment can take many forms and many degrees of expression, which can cover the span from simple shows of support and validation to life-altering decisions to intimately combine lives. The existence of this intertwining means that one partner's choices and decisions can affect the other partner. Because of that interdependence, each partner in a committed relationship needs to involve their partner in decision-making, at least in matters that may affect that partner. Each partner's personal decision-making freedom is thus reduced. Second, as a result of the preceding constraint, the partners in a committed relationship take on a responsibility to negotiate important life choices and goals. That willingness requires that each partner refrain from insisting on having everything go their way, potentially at the expense of their partner. 
We all know people who selfishly ignore or suppress their partner's preferences and wishes, and we're aware of how that can erode the mutual caring in such a relationship. Recognizing the importance of negotiation also underscores the need for clear, honest, and constructive communication between partners. That requires not only openly sharing one's desires and feelings, but also not hiding potentially significant information from one another. Constructive communication also requires a spirit of kind and compassionate sharing of information, even when dealing with sensitive or challenging subjects. Third, the partners in a committed relationship share in at least some significant aspects of each other's lives. That sharing includes presence and availability to each other in a reliable way. In the case of those who have chosen to join their lives in a broad and enduring way, those partners know that they can rely on one another to deal with life's challenges as well as to enjoy life's pleasures. Though each partner retains their individual goals, their relationship also has separate and shared goals that correspond to the us that the partners co-create. The partners in a committed relationship can safely assume that they can depend on each other, at least in some specific ways. Fourth, those who choose to be in a committed relationship are motivated by something special that they see in their partner. That something is sufficiently compelling to make a person willing to take on the sacrifices that come with making commitments. The specialness that's shared in a committed relationship may move some to treat their relationship as exclusive in terms of sexual sharing and or a deep emotional connection. That's true of people in traditional marriages. Those who are not moved to exclusivity still tend to see their partners as special. For example, in polyamorous relationships, each of the person's partners offers something specific and potentially different from other partners. In such cases, the form and depth of commitment can differ across relationships. Fifth, committed relationships are usually fairly long-term. To make that possible, the partners need to establish and maintain a positive and nurturing tone for their relationship. Doing so requires that they go beyond basic respect and consideration to include such positive traits as genuine kindness and caring, appreciation and recognition, generosity of spirit, making positive assumptions about intentions, etc. And last, since any person's time, energy, and capacity for emotional connection are finite, maintaining a committed relationship requires a person to decide how to allocate those resources between a committed partner and any other important people in their life, including other potential committed partners in the case of polyamorous individuals. In a traditional marriage, a person's full mind share is expected to go to one's spouse, as well as to family. In non-traditional committed relationships, the form and intensity of connection is negotiated with each partner. Those who are in a committed relationship make investments in their relationship, time, other resources such as money and housing arrangements, and emotional connection. Because the lives of a committed couple are intertwined in various ways, resources are often shared, with the specifics being negotiated between the partners. That makes it possible for the couple to plan for shared goals, in addition to whatever focus each partner retains on their individual goals. Since those in a committed relationship also regularly share time and activity together, the partners also negotiate how each wants to apportion their time. Note that being a committed couple shouldn't preclude spending time with others outside that relationship, so time allocation needs to take that into account. As was mentioned in the previous episode, one of the big potential benefits of a deep human connection is that it offers the partner's intimacy. That constitutes perhaps the major benefit of being in a committed relationship. The following are examples of that deep intimacy. First, 
through their continual and ongoing interaction, the partners in a committed relationship often come to know and understand each other very well. That can increase the fit and support between partners, though it can also reduce those if the partners don't like what they learn about one another. Second, the deep mutual knowledge and caring in a healthy committed relationship can deepen the trust and feelings of safety and appreciation between partners. Greater trust builds deeper intimacy. Third, deeply felt intimacy can find expression in an affectionate, confident, and passionate physical, that is, sexual and sensual, connection. Sex is a form of adult play, and joyful sexual play strengthens the bonds between committed partners. Fourth, trust makes it possible for partners to express emotional openness and vulnerability toward one another. Those are both earmarks of true intimacy. Fifth, trust and intimacy are ingredients for deep emotional connection. That sort of connection is an embodiment of love, and as humans, we have a deep-seated desire to be loved and appreciated. A committed relationship can provide fertile soil for nurturing deep emotional connection. Sixth, committed relationships can provide opportunities for partners to come to know and admire one another, potentially increasing their feelings of acceptance, caring, and affection for one another. Caring reflects appreciation and gratitude for the gift of a partner's love and friendship. Seventh, the partners in a committed relationship have effectively made specific promises to one another. That means that each partner has willingly taken on responsibilities toward their partner. Those responsibilities can include looking out for each other's physical and emotional needs, including when confronted by life's challenges. Committed partners can take comfort from knowing that they are there for each other. And last, a committed relationship is a third entity that embodies the us that the partners co-create. Those partners can share joint dreams and desires for that us. Such sharing can be a meaningful source of collaboration and satisfaction for the committed couple. Committed relationships come at a cost that's measured in terms of the responsibility that partners feel for one another and the extent to which they invest in their relationship. However, commitment can also offer rich benefits in the form of a level of intimacy that isn't usually found in uncommitted relationships and which may in fact not be attainable without commitment. The partners in committed relationships place more weight on the value of deep connection than they do on the value of remaining fully autonomous individuals, though of course they do remain individuals. They also value connection more highly than whatever costs, such as time or resources, are needed to sustain the relationship. As we've seen over the last two episodes, both uncommitted and committed relationships offer benefits and incur costs. Ultimately, which is most beneficial for a given pair of individuals depends on how those individuals value autonomy versus the cost of relationship versus intimacy. It's a trade-off, like so many things in life. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.